Today on the show, Justin McRoberts, Erica Chambers, Tim and Craig from Giants and Pilgrims. They're all here on the show. It's another live one, episode 87 of Who Writes This Stuff. All right, we doing this? We're doing it. We're doing it right now. Hello and welcome. This is Who Writes This Stuff, episode 87. My name is Nick Flores. Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, boy, you you guys picked a doozy of an episode to listen to. This was really fun. One of the top 10 most fun times I've had in front of an audience, probably. It was really fun. All right, point across, right? So uh, today's episode, like I said, is, a, is another uh, live episode from Escape to the Lake, uh, which takes place every 4th of July weekend in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin in front of a live captive audience. Uh, for the uninitiated, Escape to the Lake is an annual music festival, conference slash hangout. Uh, it takes place uh, every year. Under the Radar puts it on uh, out of Chicago. Uh, RadarRadio.net. Check it out. The great people over there. It's always a blast. I love it. Uh, you sort of get to go to camp with a bunch of really great people, um, none of the least of which are extremely creative. Uh, other musicians, artists, that kind of thing. Um, and then people who just like hanging out with artists and finding out what goes on in their brain. And, uh, throughout the, uh, the week we do these things called, uh, breakout sessions. And, uh, this is one of them. So one of those being, uh, you know, you, you can go to, you know, a writer's round, you can go to listen to a panel of artists, talk about certain things about the music business or creative things. And, uh, or you can listen to sort of a back porch concert. Uh, from acoustic artists right on the lake. Really cool. And then uh, one of them is uh, this podcast. And we did two of them live in front of an audience. This is number two. Last week's was uh, number one with uh, Chris and Jenna. This week, my guests are Justin McRoberts. His music sounds like this. Erica Chambers from Mercy Child. And Greeley, Colorado's own Tim Coons and Craig Basserich from the band Giants and Pilgrims. Good stuff, right? Great. I love these people. Uh, they're a wonderful group, and I loved getting to talk to them all together. And uh, we get pretty silly. It gets pretty ridiculous. Um, we get a little bit serious, and then it gets ridiculous again. So... Prepare yourself. Get ready. Okay. Uh, two things you need to know before you listen to this episode. Number one is right before, literally minutes before we recorded this, um, one of the breakout sessions that we had was a uh, music game show hosted by Dave Trout from Under the Radar. And uh, the last couple of years I won 
Uh, this year I did not. Tim Coons took the prize, and we play along with an audience member. Uh, Rick Starr was one of the audience members, uh, the famous Rick Starr. Uh, well, he's famous from Escape the Lake anyway. And uh, so we talk about that a little bit. And number two is we pieced together two different sound systems to record this. So one of them worked great, and the other one not so much. So there's a little bit of a, a difference between those two that you'll definitely notice that uh, two out of the five of us don't sound as loud. But you can still hear us, I think, if you listen really hard in headphones and close your eyes and close every door in your house and turn the air conditioning off. <laughs> no, I think it's okay. Uh, so that is that is noticeable. You don't have to tweet at me. I know it's happening. So with all that said, it's a great episode. It's really fun. So let's get into it. Episode 87 from Escape to the Lake. Let's do it. And you Begin with offense and yeah. Let's air some grievances before <laughs> Nick Morris still hasn't won the game show, which I feel good. Whoa, about. whoa, whoa! What was last year? You didn't win last year. Yeah, Are you kidding year. me? I technically won the first year too. He beat well, technically. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I think I think anytime someone beats Rick Starr, we're we're, we're in. I'm I'm impressed with that person. So I'm yeah, really I'm. You were gonna say we're all winners. We're all winners. <laughs> no. His. He's, his his knowledge of any of those things that anybody. Sure. It's a, it's a there more than Justin, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had a real asset there. That was that yeah, was you guys, awesome. You guys had a good scrap. Yeah. I believe in you. Is that a word? Yeah. yeah that's actually where, scrap? The, where the tables turned was with Joe Cocker. Because I hit mm. it. Oh my God! I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you were just. Yeah. Had I gotten there before you, that was close. Completely different thing. Yeah, it would have. It would turn the tide. Blame Blame it on Cocker. And it's also the yeah. best mic here, so also it, it because will be I'm louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. I don't. I don't have anybody to ride the level, so let's just not be a jerk about it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. He's a little doggy. No, you're good. That's He's a little yappy dog. That's pretty good. Um, welcome. How are you guys doing? Good. We're doing. Here we're doing phenomenal. On America's birthday, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, once again. My voice is almost gone. It's at the level of. Uh, you mind? Um, I'm mood music for your intro. I didn't ask for that. If it's going to be mood music, it's going to be Jock Jams. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so right. That's the rule. America's birthday. Yeah, America's birthday. Um, no, I'm excited to be here. This is the second podcast. Maybe one to me. Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> uh, who, nobody knows. Who's to say? Uh, I'd like to go down the line. My guess, I have an amazing panel here. And amazing is maybe a strong word. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll start here since you're closest to me. Uh, directly to my right is Giants and Pilgrims own Tim Coons and Craig Basarich. That's oh, right. You nailed it, man. Okay, cool. I'm proud of you. There's a, there's a question mark at the end. Basarich. That's my real name. The last one. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's Italian. That's really rude, bro. I want to know what happens in someone's like family history to earn a name like that. Just like, you know what? That, like, what, 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 what are your ancestors? You. <laughs> they immigrated really? from Serbia. So they did. I like. Ooh. I like Justin now. I like. Justin will right He deserves to lose the game show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he started liking me. Yeah. That's true. Uh, and then uh, Erica Chambers is here. Everybody. Woo! From Mercy Child, which is my favorite uh, Compassion International ripoff. Uh, Mercy Child. Do you sponsor Mercy Child yet? You should get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I sponsor Kyle. <laughs> I'm his rent. <laughs> he sends me a Facebook update on his birthday. It's great. It's <laughs> so sponsor Rusty Child today. Um, uh, right? Too close. Not, we're going to talk about that? Okay. Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah. Okay, I got a shoebox. I sent a shoebox to Kyle. It was a lot of Nolan Ryan, Ryan buying baseball cards. You know, your brain thinks of something and it makes you laugh, and then you can't, your mouth can't, you know, yeah. mm. um, And then directly to her right, Mr. Justin McRoberts. Clap for Justin McRoberts, guys. <laughs> we have a small but mighty crowd, um, which is funny because I had on good authority that everybody was coming to this. <laughs> Clearly, the ones that matter showed up. I don't need a crowd. No. I don't need an audience. Yeah. I don't need people. I don't need any of those things. So, first question, Craig. Oh, what era? <laughs> what era of jock jams? <laughs> oh, dude, '96. Okay. No questions asked. Wow. Well, yeah. what, what specifically was about '96 jock jams? '96 jock jams spoke to me mostly because it was a lot along the lines of what would then become the Space Jam soundtrack. Absolutely. It was like the precursor to the Space Jam soundtrack. You didn't primer. think you were going to get a serious answer. <laughs> I guess we did. <laughs> Why did yeah. I ask you? Yeah. It is such a phenomenon. Wait, I haven't been to a, a professional sporting event in, since Michael Jordan was a thing, but is that a real – is, is Jackson still very prevalent in I have no idea. sporting arenas? Just the Damn, first take one. this question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I, really. Really? No. I've been to like baseball games and stuff, but they just play sort of like 30 seconds of pop music. Yeah, baseball games not so much. Some football and basketball games. We'll get get something like the Jock Jams thing going on. But I don't know. I don't know who actually selects those songs anymore. Right? A lot of a lot of Pee Wee football <laughs> uses Jock Jams. A lot of Pee Wee football. Wait, how do you know this? Doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't doesn't Jock Jams in some ways capture an era it does. Uh, of like of like. This really masculine, yeah. testosterone-driven... The, the lady who's saying, y'all ready for this? Or is there a lady? Yeah. yeah. Just one take, you think? Was she <laughs> there all day? Did they take a lunch? <laughs> y'all ready for this? First take, y'all ready for that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you, you all ready? ready for this? No? No, no. Okay, let's roll it back. Right. Oh, what do you feel like?
Ladies and gentlemen, Scotty Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out playing a washboard. <laughs> you really need to get like all of your sports oh, references. I, like, I, have, I, have nothing, I have no sports reference. No sports reference post 96. I think you said not Nolan Ryan earlier, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Which I think but he, his prime. Was like ninety three. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. When did he punch the crap out of Robin Ventura? I, I remember that. Yeah. Um, other than that, <coughs> multiple nothing. times in the top of the head. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It is pretty amazing. Robin Ventura thought he was gonna go get some from Nolan Ryan. Threw his glove down and said, "Oh no, me." Yeah. He's like, he was like forty four at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he was yeah. Yeah. near retirement, not his last year. Yeah. Ventura was not. Ventura was a young man. Yeah. yeah. And, now, and that's why Robin Ventura. Yeah. Nick Flora endorses baseball violence, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's very entertaining. Uh, welcome, one and a half people. Uh, a, a man with a child just walked in. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy you're here. Um, Super excited. You're not on mic, so you don't talk. Um, so, I'm just going to tell you if that kid makes a noise. So help me God. So help me God. Uh, <laughs> um, you guys are with me, right? <laughs> you know when like your your friend says something really inappropriate and they're like, You're with me, right? So um song you know, songwriting <laughs> there's no transition. No. Nope. There's none. Yeah. I don't no, even know. You could have tried harder. <laughs> there was a transition. There's a transition if you could have written if you could have written we one did. of the jock you really jams. Just gave up. So speaking of how many takes it took to get y'all ready for this, let's talk about the songwriting process. Nick, you're welcome. Well, I have some things to do. You want to take this over? Uh, me? No. No one wants to listen to me talk. I don't know why. Yet we all do. Yeah. yeah, that's why you have a mic. It's very, yeah, it's very, whoa, don't no, I feel like mic. I feel like transition-wise, it, it wasn't a matter of like getting it smoothly. I thought... I was looking for the joke. But yeah, let's take this seriously. I, I, I would say, <laughs> I, I think you, I think you needed like a longer moment of like awkward silence after. Yeah. Like after blowing the guy up for bringing the kids. Okay. <laughs> like, like, like after that, you gotta like just kind of sit on it for a minute. And, like, <laughs> like wait to see if someone fills that space in with. So. <laughs> you know, anybody can have a podcast. You, <laughs> you don't have to fly for permit or anything. <laughs> Go do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have a bunch of questions here that I wrote down randomly throughout the last uh, year, and I'm going to just pick some random ones and, uh, mm. and put them to you guys. This is way more fun than actually trying to have a cohesive conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in theory. I asked, last time I asked if people could ever live on a houseboat, which for some reason I'm very fascinated with the idea of living on a houseboat. Um, any thoughts on houseboats, Greg? <laughs> I actually, one of my okay, dreams in life is to live on a houseboat. Oh. Is it really? No, literally. Like, to own a houseboat is, is one of my dreams. So here's the thing. In my mind, you're a very uh, relationally... Inept? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoa. What happened? <laughs> no, I feel like you, you thrive around relationships and, you do, and you're very extroverted in my mind. Yeah. So the idea, I feel like you would go crazy on a houseboat. What, what is the appeal? Well, houseboats have docks, man. I'm not like, I'm <laughs> well, not gonna like. To see. No, I just want to live in a floating house. <laughs> You're making way more out of this oh, than okay, I That makes more sense. I love the idea of being able to like get up in the morning and just like roll into the ocean. You know? Wow. Have, have you seen the guy that makes his own islands? What? There's there's like. Okay, do about this now. There's documentaries <laughs> about about him. No. <laughs> 
Uh, so I don't. Oh, is his name God? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be like the worst Jesus. Jesus I'd I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to my friend Jesus. Uh, now now that's a transition. Have you heard about that's that's a transition. transition. No. Have you heard about the man who made? <laughs> <laughs> I, I read this documentary called The Bible. Forget houseboats. Um, so there's a man. No, there really there's a there's a guy and the, there's a couple different documentaries on him. But um, a friend of mine who's an artist like was showing me these videos, and so I don't have all the info. But but it's a guy that he wanted to like make them so that they'd be completely green and sustainable. And so and so he he's like takes recyclable things and he he actually like makes a foundation and his largest island is like several acres and there's there's like a home and and different areas of the island and he and he like and then he has ground cover that he does and then he builds it in such a way that it actually like the um it actually like sinks down into and and can actually like grow and and it's amazing i i saw um i i no 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 i don't think i think um i'm trying to think if he was like new zealander or or australian um, look, look up <laughs> on YouTube. Look up "guy makes islands." <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you look this will, up, this will come up. It's gonna be never gonna give you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be so great. And it, oh Before man, I worked weeks. I was like working weeks on this. I was, I was like tagline. This has to come up as number one. Okay. But no, it's a it's a for real thing. But I, so I don't really want to be on a houseboat per se. But I'd be on an island. <laughs> man-made island has a much higher chance of falling apart and sinking than a houseboat. You could have a houseboat on the man-made island just in case you need to get yeah, off. Yeah. Can we we could be neighbors. Yeah. I could live. You're such a relational person. Yeah. I like it feels like right. it feels like you would need to be close. Yeah. Erica, I mean, is this a man thing or is there a female sort of like isolation? You know, ideal like oh. I so that's the thing. <laughs> I was on a houseboat where we rented two houseboats yeah, in this in this youth. Group. It's a big deal because it's from Colorado. So if you guys to go out on, on like. Uh, yeah, we were on Lake Tahoe, I think. No, Lake Powell. Lake Powell, and uh, and the youth group that I was helping out with rented two houseboats, and. It was awful the things that those teenagers did to the toilets of the of the houseboats, and it was it was not somewhere where you wanted to live for the eight days we were on there. So how do you feel about islands? There was a sort of like man thing where it's like I could just live alone. Oh and, yeah. And isolated yeah. in the mountains, and you know, which that only lasts for so long before you go out of your mind. Yeah, I think mm. I got over that a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, like, Don't get me wrong, like I'm not saying I want to live on a houseboat. I'm not saying I want to sail away on a boat with my children. <laughs> I, I'm not I wanna sail away on a boat with my children. I'm not saying that I want to live on a houseboat in the middle of the ocean. It's a burlap to cashmere song. I'm saying I would like <laughs> oh, to live on a houseboat in a community of houseboats. Like in a community of houseboats. No, like a, a houseboat. I just love the idea of like it's so small and compact. I would be I would be able to get off the houseboat and walk 
13 feet down a dock. I'd rather live in a tree house. I'd rather live in a tree house. Don't you feel like at some point, like, as, like you're out on a houseboat and you've got a community of houseboats and you can kind of walk down the dock, and at some point someone goes, you know, they have things like this inland called neighborhoods. You know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> think about this real quick. So imagine, imagine all of a sudden something happens and uh, in the world and. Uh, <laughs> We're getting really, there. Really hang on, hang no, on. I'm wrapping my head no, around. No, but like, but like, imagine the idea. Imagine the idea of like something happens, and all of a sudden, social media explodes, and it's everywhere you look, everywhere you see. All you can see is this one thing that's happening, and then you can just flip over the houseboat and take off for 20 minutes, and no one can contact you. Like you are completely. And then you're gonna die on a houseboat in two weeks because there's no I'm not food be out there or anything. For two weeks. <laughs> oh, God, I hate this. This is the worst. Yeah, I'm taking the phone back. Uh, let's, let's yeah, new question. Houseboats uh, are great. No, but I, I am interested in that idea. I think the idea, just having the idea and daydreaming about it, is sort of enough for me. Some Keanu Reeves lived on a houseboat. <laughs> oh well, point taken. Yeah, he, he was. He was in the band Dog Star, wasn't he? No, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, you're, you're thinking of John Cusack. No, no, John, no, no. Uh, that was an Keanu amazing. Bass. That was an amazing joke. That <laughs> the one thing that nobody would know him for. Yeah, he's that guy, right? Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he from Parenthood? <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, here's a question that I had, which is why it's my phone. Where'd it go? I don't know why, I've never asked anybody this, but I wrote down, are you aware of people who don't like you? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where I was that day. Oh, oh Eric, no, we're not going to get into that. Uh, That's <laughs> Erica, a great question. Um, that is actually a good question. Oh, no, it's, it's just weird, sort of, better than the houseboat. Okay, you know, here's a creative question. I'll start with you, Justin. When you're writing, whether it's, I guess books would be a different story, maybe not. Um, but when you're writing songs specifically, or any kind of music, do you, um, sort of adapt to the creative journey of the song, or do you fight for the original concept of it? You know what I mean? I mostly fight for the original concept until I lose. I think I, I, think I stick with my guns, and I try not to let, I try not to get distracted, and at some point if stuff's not working, then I'll, then I'll maybe float in a different direction. Yeah. If, I kinda, if, if I get caught up in it, I feel like I have to do, I, well, not I feel like, when I've gotten caught up in a song, Oh yeah, to make to, to make it make sense. That, yeah, like so enormous because I'm it's at least this is my process. I'm almost never working really with just one idea. There are a good couple or three ideas going on at the same time, and so if I just kind of let it go, like it all comes out anyways. But I've got to eventually like cut and separate, and backfill, and and so I try to like lock in on like what's the actual idea here and drive it forward, work with the structure, and then you know, and then fix it once it's like. Your last three or four years, how do you write? Like, like, what's that process look like? Do you know what I mean? You mean like from top to bottom with songs? Yeah, like, like when do ideas come and, and... Yeah, walk us through it. Is there like a coffee poop? Something <laughs> yeah. beginning and then you're just like, you feel clear and then you just start like, like really detailed. Did you see that South Park episode where the one guy actually is Lord <laughs> and he like, he comes up with all of his ideas on the bathroom? Like, no. No, yeah, no. okay. <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, real quick, like, real answer. And I, I keep a notebook okay. and I capture stuff as I go along. And the, between the notebook, 
for like lyrical or conceptual ideas and then some sort of a recording device, usually in my phone, um, I capture a bunch of ideas at the same time. Yeah. Um, at the same time, in the same place. Yeah. And then I'll set aside days uh, to actually pick those ideas and take Having the visual, I, had, I never thought about that. Like having the visual with it. I, I keep it ongoing voice memos. Because having three kids, like, I'm, I'm hardly ever sitting down and be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just write a song. You know, like, like I don't, and, and so I have. You have to do both things. I mean, you have to like capture mm -hmm. your moments. You have to like work from inspiration. Yeah. But yeah. the actual work of it, like, you're not gonna have, the time's just not gonna come up, so I have to create the time. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be inspired to do anything. During like that time. If I just create the time to sit down. I'm not, at least for me, I've never sat down just to start writing and just gotten started just kind of for the hell of it. Like it's, it's always been like, I'm working from some thought, something else that I picked up elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I capture it and then at some point I sit down and give myself a few hours at a time to tinker with stuff that I've got. Mm -hmm. Ish. Yeah. I'm trying to think now, like what I was like, when's the last time I just sat down? I'm like, I'm gonna write a song. Now like, Oh crap! I gotta go to the studio in two weeks, and they're expecting me to have songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys, <laughs> you have a similar sort of process. Mine is all over the place. Uh, is there any way that they're hearing me? I'm just really want to know. This is, yeah. 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 You're good. Yeah,
be real. If you wrote a song about that stalker, he would have made his life. Like, it's all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm amused. Because <laughs> that's all they want. Yes. Is to have all the songs be about them. Exactly. You think this song is about you, and well, you're right. No, that's a, I had a, a situation years and years ago when I first started where I had a, I had to fire a band member and they went around like the, the, that night and got super drunk and went around all the venues in town and interrupted the show in, the, in my name. They're like, we're the greatest band and we're gonna take over and you guys can suck it. Just like this really crazy, just so they were like, well, they're never playing here again. And up in, it took like five or six years, and like venue ownership. So started. after, so after you fired him, then he went. And oh did yeah, he that. got so mad. He was like, "Well, this is gonna be my revenge. I'm gonna make sure that he never." Plays. So he, he was pretty he, smart. He's a smart guy. <laughs> so he, he burned. He burned my basically my, my goodwill to the ground in every venue in town. Dang. And it was like well played. <laughs> yeah. But then because I couldn't play venues, I just started playing colleges, which made more money. No, he's like, I feel like he had that Joker. <laughs> he just wanted to see the world. He burn. wanted to see the world burn. Yeah. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Me mm. too. Oh. I feel like he had that in his back pocket. Like, oh yeah. Oh, that wasn't a spur of the moment thing. I think he might have. Not For years, he was like, "If this dude fires one, me, there was one promoter. I am. <laughs> there was one promoter who was like, I started trying to explain it and, and put the fires out, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we saw him. We don't take anything he says seriously. He's done some stuff before. We're like, oh okay. But then yeah, so he had a sort of reputation. I was like, man, that's such a vindictive way to. It's pretty brutal. And we left the whole, we left it, you know, when we, I was like, I don't think it's a good idea we play music together. He was like, yeah, it's cool. I really understand where you're coming from. It was like so cool. <laughs> he knew in his back pocket, he was about to burn me to the ground. Oh, man. How he like, insane. He, he, he terrifying. Like, the handshake, half uh, double pat, and walk out the door and start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. But he did say, cool. He walked out the door, and he just like took his phone out, and he was like, initiate the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. Wow. I want. I I'm. I like the idea of stalkers, and I want to talk about that more often to people when they are like the idea of like obsessive fans. You should put that in your phone as a question you can ask. <laughs> okay. You have a list. Yeah, come on Just in. saying. Joy, I Randall, good game in the house, guys. Um, we uh, no, no. But I want to ask that more often. And, and I, I did one episode where I asked somebody. I was like, Have you ever had like really obsessive fans? And I'm like, No, I haven't. They're like. You, we're being recorded. Obsessive <laughs> yeah. fans listen to everything we say. You know, like, oh, touche, touche. Yeah. So it's always that's that's the I think that's the problem there. My phone went open. So, uh, wait, did you answer that question? I, in, in in thinking about it, do do you hold on to the original concept? Sort of one of the things one of the things that I do is um, I I collect songs in, in under a theme. And so I'll be writing for an album with this theme, and I know you're quite thematic. Like I saw that you have like an album for K, and and or to represent the different parts of your book. And uh, so I had, I had an album that dealt with the birth of my daughter, and then just me thinking through my own mortality. And and so all those songs were getting collected, and it was called Frailty. I've done Seven Deadly Sins and Beatitudes. I've done Psalms, and um, but here recently. I was working on on an album called Becoming with Bettany, and it was, and so she's doing artwork for it, and I'm doing, it's I'm doing wife. music. Yeah, my, my wife is Bettany, and she does music. It's like B Tony. And, yeah, it sure is. It's like Bethany without the H. And the four people in the room are loving that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, it's a great joke. And uh, and I, I kept having these songs that that were being developed, but they didn't fit with with where we were going with that Becoming series. 
and and they kept they kept being written at the same time as as these and so i had eight or nine of of the becoming songs over here and then these really strange folk spirituals kept coming out at the same time and so i had to instead of figuring out how these work with becoming because i was really liking these songs i had to separate them and and i had to say okay this is a completely different project and i will let these be what they want to be and then once i did that there was such freedom there i, I was able to, to say okay i'm going to write more of these when I'm bored writing these, and it became this really fun thing. I think you only get there, you only know the difference between the thing you're doing and how to accomplish it, and something that isn't that is mm -hmm. if, you, if you actually remain faithful to your original concept. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, you only know that this creation is other and doesn't fit if you know what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. So without committing to the concept, like that's part of why I'm convinced, like you'll hear records or read books, you're like, I can't tell where this author is going, I don't know. Like songs that are sort of over here, and sometimes that's great. But we generally like music. We like pieces that actually fit together. So when you don't stick with your concept, I think you end up all over the place. I mean, I, my first record's all over the place because I didn't have mm -hmm. I didn't have a concept. It was just whatever landed. The theme was all the songs I have. I like writing. It's sort of the uh, am I getting better? I can't remember who, whose idea this Who's was originally, and there's something to this. To some degree, but, uh, Eugene Peterson writes about it in, in the book The Pastor. He talks about building building a church community uh, is like building a chicken coop in a windstorm. That you just sort of grab whatever is flying by you at the time and nail it down as fast as you can. That's true in in social spaces, and it's true of a lot of the creative process as well. As well, but you as you mature and get better, you learn to kind of wait for what those pieces are. Or you learn to take those pieces, and if it, you know it doesn't work, you sort of set it down, you have more patience, your process gets longer. And so the thing you're creating, even though you're still grabbing crap out of the air and nailing down as fast as you can, you're a little bit more discerning about where it goes. And so you have to be, because you're, you're actually working for the concept. That becomes so satisfying. Like, like to, so satisfying. to know this is what this will be, and then go for it, I just feels so great. Yeah. yeah. So Craig, when you're playing trumpet, and islands, I didn't have anything else. That's yeah, fine. Just, uh, I'm not a songwriter. Sorry about it. I'm sure. really just here to talk about all the other things. Right. You just want to make sure that you knew that he knew. Craig. Yeah, yeah he wanted to put on the podcast that there is someone here who is not a songwriter, <laughs> and you want all of your like 12 fans to know. That hey, Craig, hey, hey. okay. Uh, You're going to come at me on your podcast. There's no. like 38. All right. Okay. I have dozens of them. Dozens. Literally three dozens. At least two. At least two. Um, uh, just to shift gears, I don't know. This is another thing that, that uh, this could get me in trouble too. But uh, I did have one person sort of give me a story when I asked this question that I had to take out because there was still a, a legal process uh, going on with it. But hey, let's, let's do this anyway. Uh, Tim, what's the worst trouble you got in as a kid? Ooh. <laughs> as a kid. Well, We're going down the line. My immediate, my immediate story is, is uh, that came to my mind was, was the most scared I've been as a kid. And but it's, it's super like, it's a I like this story that I, I was in we'll sixth on. grade. <laughs> And all of my friends, I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas, uh -huh. and, uh, and, and so I grew up, and I mean, it's pretty, pretty calm, it's pretty Pleasantville, kind of like 
black and white, what you see on Leave it to Beaver kind of feel sometimes. And uh, all of my buddies were getting into shoplifting and stealing baseball cards. And, the next question. Yeah, and, and, and so we would go into 7-Eleven or Quick, quick Stop and, and get as many Mountain Dews as we could or, or candy and, and just steal it and then, and then get out. And, and so my, my, my buddies were doing this and we were at a flea market and, and I stole a pack of uh, Leaf baseball cards. And those oh. were like the like seven dollars yeah. a pack. Do you yeah. remember? Do you yeah, remember? I mean, you're referencing it, it from pre, twenty it years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I grabbed one and I was like watching the guy and he wasn't. He was talking with somebody else, and uh, and I pocketed it and someone in the other booth because I'm in sixth grade and I'm pretty stupid. And <laughs> like somebody in the other booth was like, hold it right there, and, and just everything went to ice in my in my tummy yeah. and. You know, I was, I was a good kid, in quotes, and, and I was just like, I'm going to die at the hands of my father. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and he, said, he, said, he said, hey, he's stealing from you. And, um, and, and the guy who was the shop owner uh, was, was an awesome guy. And he, and he turned to me, and he said, he said, hey, hey. He goes, you know what, if you would have given that, if you would have asked for that, I would have given that to you for free, man. He's like, he's like, you know, like, he's like, I, I, I won't get you in trouble, man. I mean, and he just like poured grace immediately. Didn't make me feel bad. Do it like, like I just was like, like crying out the sides of my eyes. Yeah. And this other guy that caught me was like, was like, you want me to call the cops? And like, and like, <laughs> like Steve, chill. <laughs> yeah. He was, and he was, this this guy like gave me intense grace. He's like, he's like, I won't call cops. I won't get you in trouble at all. He's like, you gotta promise me though that you'll never steal again. And I was like, I was like, I'll do anything you want, sir. Just and like, and like, I was just, I was like, yes, 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 whatever you say. And uh, and he was like, he's like, no problem, man, no problem. And I left, and I just had this feeling of elation, and I never stole anything again after that. Yeah. So the man that caught you yeah. is the same man that builds islands. <laughs> <laughs> He's a this man is Jesus, <laughs> and I, I want to, I want to introduce you all to somebody. He means a lot to me. Yeah. He's in the back. Come on in. So, so that was the most trouble I've been in as a kid. Yeah. Craig, what about you? Do you have a story that comes to mind? Do you want to share? Not really. I have, <laughs> honestly, like I, I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Oh, we know. Yeah, but I, I've never really gotten in a lot of trouble. The 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 main story that it comes to mind is like is that when you said your body went to ice like that mm -hmm. was the moment um, I was 16 and it was after youth group uh, in the high school youth group we all went to get ice cream like you so do. you're jamming DC talk yeah right? <laughs> no no okay not quite so I'm driving uh, I I like just I, it's probably I'd have my license for maybe two months so I'm like not supposed to have too many people in my car but of course. Like I, when you're 16, like I'm invincible, nothing can go wrong. So I have like seven people in my in my car, and uh, we pull up to Cold Stone, and Thriller comes on, on on the CD that I had in. Um, so in case you're wondering, I've, yes, I've always had great taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I got really excited, and I wanted there was a there was a if, if we're being honest, because we're friends, there was a girl in the in the passenger seat that I might have had a little bit of a crush on. Sure. So I like wanted to like. I was doing the peacock thing. Yeah. Not that I would ever do that. No. And, uh, <laughs> and I get out of the car to do the thriller dance. 
which you're gonna do right now. We're gonna do that right now. And what happened was I ding 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 ding. The ding 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 ding. The ding 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 ding. And so I'm out of the car dancing like an idiot, and I'm watching my car. Like it was that moment of like. I wasn't sure to, if I should grab the steering wheel or slap the brake, yeah. and I watched my car roll into a brand new Lexus. Oh. <laughs> and like it was this moment, of like, <laughs> the, the 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 college students I grew up like the things the things so that you had, did for Michael Jackson. Seriously, yeah. We had we had people from Moody Bible Institute that would come and like help out with our youth group, and so there were these like there was the Lloyds, um, and they were watching this whole thing take place from their car. I look over and Josh, the, the guy, look, actually, Kendall, his wife, has her mouth just like covered and is freaking out. Yeah. I see Josh in the driver's seat just laughing. <laughs> like, it was that moment of like, you're an idiot. Like, that one, you deserve that. <laughs> so, the guy, bang! <laughs> the guy was really nice and uh, I waited around for him to come out of the shop that he was in and we exchanged information. Didn't call the police, didn't call insurance. Um, I emptied my entire savings account from working that summer and went and handed the guy a check for $1,200 to get his car fixed so that hmm. my insurance wouldn't go up and my parents wouldn't end up having to pay more. Right. So, but you lesson learned. You that was, that was, yeah, and that was the first time that I hit a parked car. <laughs> so, so. But it all worked out because you and that girl are married now, right? No. Oh, so it wasn't no. worth it. She actually, she married someone else. I didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stories, Justin. <laughs> we could open that door. I love this so much. Erica, do you have something that you want to share? Uh, you can say no. Yeah, well, I didn't start getting in trouble until last year. <laughs> That's true. Erica's actually 14. <laughs> <laughs> Like you have a giant flap in the middle. But it connects. Man, this is really not 
I'm, a, I'm just envisioning you wearing a flying squirrel outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so we were we could like climb mountains and things and have like shorts, but they're so poofy that like they don't show any any body part or right, like yeah. or any form that we are that we are female, even though we were ten years old and didn't have any anyway. Right. Um, so I brought these what I thought were culottes and I I put them on and I was having fun with all my ten year old friends and one of my teachers came up to me and she said very seriously, me and the other teachers have been talking about your pants. Oh. Oh no. Well that's a well that's a sentence everyone's heard once in a while. That they are not poofy enough. And um, she's the word poofy? Yeah. Or, or loose, or um, yeah. Let me go. Oh, we're gonna go poopy. And that's very modest. And so you oh. have to sit in your bunk by yourself oh. for several hours to think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what, what, what happened. A terrible kid. And that's and that's when you decided to follow Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was like ovaries abundance. You know, it was incredible. So like. Are you still so thinking I, about I it? I can't believe I didn't wear poofy enough culottes. Like, I can't. I, I could have. You know, I could have tried harder. Yeah. I could have tried harder. For those of you at home, Erica's actually wearing culottes right now. <laughs> She's old. She only wears culottes. The record, they're not very good. I don't, I don't think they're poofy enough. I don't for the rest, for your entire life. The poofy stick and we'll, and we'll. I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine named Jesus. He loves culottes. Justin, what about you? Uh, I was, I was three or four. We had just moved into a new neighborhood, and uh, I had always wanted a brother. I'm an only child, and I started telling the neighbors that I had had uh, a brother, oh, no. and that there's a little Fourth of July twist on the story that I uh, that we had lost him to a tragic fireworks accident. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're a good liar at four years and, old. Yeah. Uh, and the neighbors. No. Condolences to my parents who were wondering why. <laughs> oh, no. And then eventually one of the neighbors talked to my mother and said, I'm just really sorry about it. I don't remember if I had a name for it. <gasps> <laughs> 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 I was like, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> your, son, your son told us the story. Maybe uh, don't believe somebody who couldn't uh, <laughs> use the toilet about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I, was, I, was, I was in considerable amount of trouble. Wow. You were three or four? That's a pretty good lie. That's, that's a real, that's a strong lie. I, I, think, I think at that point, if, if your son is three or four and is dropping like CIA levels, <laughs> like lies in the neighborhood, you want to get a harness on that. Yeah. <laughs> Use that power for good. So you remember any of that or is this something you've been telling No, it's something my mother tells me. Okay. And now is it sort of a laugh? Like thinking about that? Oh, yeah. The death yeah. of the imaginary child? Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's dark, but it's still it's not. Been, you know, I'm, I'm 41. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And I don't live in a living room. Wait, wait, wait. You don't live in a living room. Don't live in a living room. I'm going to change my notes real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my questions have to do with you living in a living room. Uh, well, let's wind the, the, by wind down, we can talk for another 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> about. 
Uh, I was in the, uh, the podcast for the Latin round and since there are four, four guests, which I've never had on this defense, uh, we'll, we'll go down the line. Uh, you guys can answer the same, although, Tim, you, I guess, primarily right, since we established that Craig is not a song right No. Um, do, you, do you have a surprising musical influence? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Is my surprise. Do I? You want me to elaborate, or is this lightning? Okay. It's lightning, but it's not. So, do you guys know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is? He wrote the musical Cats and Phantom of the Opera and Jesus Christ Superstar. He's the architect. And he's not the architect. The architect that built all the houses. Yeah, that's. Frank Lloyd Wright. And uh, no, I did. I did my senior theme in high school on Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, it was. It was. What's a senior theme? Uh, it it was something we had to major? do in in English class for our honors class for English in in senior. Year. Yeah, and I, I he asked that question so he could say I regret yeah, asking. Right. Um, and uh, I think it was the first time that I had paid attention to oh, those last four years uh, of, of high school just getting into so many different types of music and I heard the Beatles for the first time uh, I'd never heard the song yesterday or Eleanor Rigby and and to to have that understanding of melody that that absolutely grips you and like you can't get it out of your head and it feels like it comes from the collective subconscious of everyone you know and um, and so Andrew Lloyd Webber was such a great melody writer um, that that I wanted to study that and to hear that. I also listened to, to a lot of Weezer at the same time, which is just poppy, poppy, poppy stuff. Um, and and so I wanted to write great melodies like that. I didn't, not that that isn't you know the direction I went. Although I, I if I could write musicals for Broadway, I would. So yeah, I, I could totally see that. Your music sort of has like a, a cinematic quality to yeah. it for sure. Yeah. So not surprising. <laughs> Rethink the question. Uh, what about you, Erica? Is there anybody, if they heard music, that would be really... Just Annie. You know. <laughs> I mean, no, my friend Annie. Annie. She's over there. She's my pal. <laughs> I feel like I, I know that's funny. Um, I, there's something... It's like, a great I, scene. I, I like <laughs> Sandy. But I, I just was, I just listened to it obsessively when I was really little, and I think that sometimes it like pops in. Um, I don't think that's a good answer, but no, it that's is. a great answer. No, that's that's answer never... was Point of Grace. Yeah. <laughs> so, great. Not, which is not a musical. No, really it's not. Really but it might also be Justin's answer. answer. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Harry Nilsson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really changed my life. What? Like, yeah. A little touch of smells. What it's called? Feels inappropriate. Yeah. You know, it had to be you. A little touch, a little touch of coon in the night. What about you, Justin? Which albums in particular stuck with you? Really, the whole Metallica world, so like Metallica, Megadeth. Ride, Ride the Lightning is an amazing Ride album. Is an amazing 
Yeah. So yeah, so some of it just has to do with like dynamics and orchestration. It's I mean it's it's more than just aggressive music. Right. It's, there's this yeah. There's a mathematic to it. There's a it, the, the song takes you on a journey. So tells an intense that, story. Tells a very intense story. Yep. So probably metal. <coughs> That's very surprising. I feel it when I'm trying to write. Like, really? Yeah. I, what what, what I, elements I, I, from it? What's that? What, what elements, elements from, from it? The aggression. Yeah. Like, I want to get there. I want to, like, <clears throat> so it actually allows, like, those more harness moments to be more harness moments. Like, as a singer, Sean and I work backwards from intensity as opposed to working up to it. Oh, yeah. So I'm working in my mind the place I naturally go to. It's like everyone has the natural sort of tempo you play at. You yeah. Know, some folks are like, hang out at 88, but like, seriously, bro? Seriously? Yeah. Uh, and for me, <clears throat> not even the tempo, but the, the posture or tone, like, what's most natural for me in music is to go to intensity or aggression. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's where my, emotionally I start, and I can, and I work backwards. And I, a lot of that comes from, from metal. That's a really good. Yeah. That is very surprising. Well done. Tim, <laughs> think about it next time. I'm not going to ask you again. Andrew would, okay. It's, it's not, not good. good. <laughs> you could have gone with Frank Lloyd, right? All right, let's start down here. Next question. What do you associate with the name Keith? <laughs> Keith Green? It's just off the top of my head. All right. Erica, what do you associate with the name Keith? Uh, Richards. All right, Craig, give me a better answer than that. Man. Uh, no pressure. I have a friend that we, his name's Keith, and we all call him Cool Keith. So, cool Keith. Oh, I have a better answer. Okay, okay. well then Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> What's the better answer? There was a guy with that name who really liked my friend and left rose petals all over her bed to tell her that he liked her, and she was mortified. Well, yeah. yeah this well, that didn't work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. There's a lot of stalkers in Nashville. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's how I wooed my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Worked, worked I for know me. we've never met. <laughs> Here's some rose petals on where you close your eyes and go to eternal sleep every night. Eternal sleep every night. Every, every night you go to eternal sleep. I, well, my cool Keith. I have a question about cool Keith. Okay. Um, what did he do to turn the nickname? First off, he's, he's just, just like, like the cool dude. Like, oh, okay. we all worked at we all worked at a store together. He's like handsome Brandon. Um, yeah, he's like handsome. Attractive Brandon. It was it was handsome Brandon. The more we oh. talked about it, yeah. No, cool Keith was like. He was just this guy that we all worked with, and uh, our friend Jake started calling him Cool Keith because he just had that aura. You know, like the cool guy. Like he's not at all. I'm aware. I don't need. Like I need. I need to put a disclaimer and say like if you know if anybody knows Keith, or knows me, knows Keith. Like Keith is not an arrogant person. Like he had no point. It's like I'm cool. Well, his name's Keith. I mean, how much can you be arrogant about? Yeah, but he's like I don't know, just Cool Keith. Yeah. Is that the only question? I have a few, few more questions, questions about him. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. I, I don't talk about Keith anymore. Keith Richards popped in my head. Uh, the second was the Hamburglar. Wait, what? Wait. Yeah, the Hamburglar like, popped in my head, and I was like, I bet his name's Keith. <laughs> and it was like, he was just like, like a small guy, and like, he was, just yeah, dri he was driven to... The Hamburglar's name is Keith. I think so. Right? I think it might be. The Hamburglar's <laughs> name is Keith. Yeah, he was, he was driven to crime. Like, some things happened, and, and he was just like, rubble, rubble. And... <laughs> <laughs> And he, he, he was like, I need a new identity. And he became the Hamburglar. Oh you gotta protect, it's not for your protection, it's to protect those you love. <laughs> he's not the Hamburglar you want, but he's the Hamburglar you, you deserve. You, you, you deserve. <laughs> yeah, we've hit on a few, Dark Dark. I'm just looking at what the Hamburglar's real name is. 
What, what if, if it is? Because that's, that's useful. For probably, us. probably Ham B Urgler. That's <laughs> probably his name. His name is Urgler. Mr. Urgler, we're sorry about your son Ham. That's actually not like that's a believable last name. Urgler. Over over Basterich. Yeah. Urgler. I mean, you still have to use it pretty bad. I mean, we'll find this out later, but let's start back with Justin. What do you say during soundcheck? Hmm. Check. I'm the most boring soundcheck. Really? That's, I'd like, what do I say or do I sing? Yeah, both. Uh, so uh, I'll say, I'm like, check, check, two, one, two, two, one, two. I'm that guy. Yeah. And I, which is to say, I'm the guy, the sound guy, is back and going, oh, God. Okay, yeah. This guy. And then uh, I used to sing Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And then I did, uh, more recently I've been doing, actually I just went to the name of the band. The, why you gotta be so rude? Oh yeah, uh, such a killer jam. Something sugar magic. Right. No. <laughs> magic? Exclamation point? It's sugar red. It's more your dad. Whatever's in the head. No, I, I'm always interested in soundtrack because it's such a weird. Even yesterday when I was soundtracking, I was like, there was like three people sort of milling about, and I'm like, what song can I play that they'd be like, oh cool? Who cares? I did too. Who cares? That's not the point. Erica, what, what do you say during soundtrack? Um, well, you have a go-to. I'm usually just rolling my eyes at Kyle and telling him to stop making Willie Nelson impressions. Yeah, yeah that's Kyle's thing. And, and the, the Mercy, Mercy Child, Child I adopted. Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Like we. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, sponsored. Sorry. The, <laughs> uh, Nick's Compassion International Child in, in my band is yeah. pretty. Um, no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, no affiliation. I sponsor Mercy Child. You sponsor Mercy Child. His name is Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I send him rolling around baseball cards. Yeah. He, likes, he likes to be Willie Nelson and Porky Pig. He does. He does it so well. And I am usually just like, Kyle, stop it. Kyle, stop it. Which is terrible. So you're like, Kyle, Kyle stop, like, it. Kyle, 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 stop it. Kyle, Kyle. Stop it. Stop it. Kyle. Kyle. Check, check, Kyle. You got enough of me? That's me being the swisher of fun yeah. in our band. Uh, Craig, you go. Yeah, you changed it for me. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, before I knew what a sound check was useful for, like, when I first, first started like, gigging, playing When you would just mess with people, with people um, I, I learned how to play Feels So Good by Chuck Mangione. Because when you're in a bar full of college students, if you play, like, the guy that, like, when you play it and you see the, like, ears go up in the bar and he yeah. turns around, yeah. it's like, that's the guy I want to talk to. Yeah. Not because he knows who Chuck Mangione is, but because it's probably extremely interesting. Cool. But ever, as soon as I, like, as I, as I got older and learned that sound checks are useful and started to care about what I sounded like, yeah. it, 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 I, I wouldn't mess around with the soundtrack. Like, it's fun, this is fun. And then I get up there and be like, I need more guitar. I don't think <laughs> hear this at all. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a lot of things to make sure you check me. I, I I go back yeah I go back and forth of, of just doing the the normal check check one two kind of thing and just getting line checked but then for for a season there I I, I used to do uh, the names from the Neverending Story and so I just shout out Falcor Falcor Artex Artex Atreyu the Nothing the Nothing and like I I like to do that yeah Atreyu yeah Atreyu Atreyu Oh, Yeah, you get a range. So. Yeah. What was the rack guy? 
He was just the rock. He was just. <laughs> he was just. He was just the rock. The rock man or or, or the rock. Giant. The rock giant. I think is what he's called. Rock giant. The nothing was was what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that as an adult? It's terrifying. Yeah. Nick, what do you do besides Miley Cyrus? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's kind, kind of, of all I got. <laughs> um, no, no, but I, I immediately freeze, though. I'm like, oh, how does that song start? Like, like, I have a more reference on our soundtrack than do the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. It's a big moment. It's a, it's a big, big moment. moment. And I think I just filled it up in my head. Okay, okay let's, let's bring this home. Um, oh, there's so many other ones that I'm curious about. We'll end with, um, I, I want to know a bad show story. So we're going to end with the bad, if you guys share one. Justin shared a mother one last year. And uh, so, so if you can think of another one, if you can't, that's totally cool. Um, I'm <laughs> sure you have a few. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to end with that. Real quick, quick first celebrity, celebrity crush. crush. Tim, go. Oh, for a celebrity crush? It was um, a, a, tie, a tie between uh, Belinda Carlisle uh, in, in uh, Ooh Baby, Do You Know What's Worth? Ooh Heaven is a Place on Earth, or whatever that that's song right. was. Oh my gosh! And then, uh, and then Jennifer Connelly was uh, the young person in in uh, Labyrinth. Oh, she was in Labyrinth, and uh, David Bowie would talk to her. And and like I was like I was like I want to do that Labyrinth with her and just help her and save her. And yeah. that sounded that well, sounded intense. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the best direction to go. With. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, yeah. So those those are a couple of my that I remember. Craig, for, for sure, Hillary Duff. Hmm. So yeah, I'm a lot younger. I'm pretty young, but like Hillary Duff. Watching Disney Channel after school. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire, and like, I guess that would have been like, I don't know how old I would have been. But that was the first one. It's the first. Never mind. It's the first one. <laughs> did, did it, did it like, did it kind of like destroy some things when, when she came out and did like the weird tongue thing and like, or is that the same, is that Miley Cyrus? Is that yeah, that's Miley Cyrus, yeah. Hannah Montana, okay, I, I was, I was putting I Hannah Montana with Hillary Duff, Duff. It's, okay. There's like, it's the, the, the kind of celebrity crush where like, I don't actually still, I do, we're, I'm lying to you. Uh, they're like, probably about once a month, I'll be on like Facebook at like 10.30 at night. I wonder what Hillary Duff's up to. That's all Google, Hillary Duff now. And can I get caught up on that? Because I care She's in the online game world. Because, and yeah, and I remember about six months ago when she and she wrote a, she, she wrote a, she wrote a song about it. And I was like, whoa, who are just back in the dating pool? Yeah. I like how we came back to the stalker thing again. I was trying to say Inadvertly. she wrote a song about it. And it ended up being about the civil rights movement. I sent her a shoebox full of Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many good jokes that just happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have no idea the level of the experience. Okay, okay, Erica, you're up. Oh, it's embarrassing. It was Charlie Sheen in, in Courage Mountain, which was the sequel to Heidi, which came out when I was like eight or nine. Whoa. I don't know if you guys saw this. Courage movie. Mountain? Yes. I've you never heard of that. That's the ride at Disney. He, he like, <laughs> we just learned two things. We learned that there was a sequel to Heidi. <laughs> and we also learned that people have crushes on Charlie Sheen. Yeah. yeah. On like 18 year old Charlie Sheen, who saved her from like a snowstorm in the Alps and the Nazis. Yeah, we all, so, whoa. Yeah. We did Charlie Sheen. He did that with, with tiger's blood. <laughs> yeah. Nice. With, yeah. He was my hero and my crush. Interesting. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
Is, is that also yours, Justin? <laughs> yeah. No, Charlie Sheen. Can't get over it. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. What was he in The Outsiders? No. That was Emilio. Yeah, that was uh, Emilio, Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, uh, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> There's one other one. What's your first celebrity crush? Justin McRoberts. First of all, you know, actually, I don't know her name, but whoever the actress who played the girl in Goonies. Oh, yeah. Which one? Martha. Sister? The love interest of the older brother, wasn't it? Yeah. And the guy, the guy with the, the guy with the inhaler liked her, yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And that's, that's a good one. Elizabeth Shue, close to follow. Yeah. Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Friday kid, Elizabeth Shue is mine. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. Yeah. There is something very like it's it's weird even now watching Friday kid. I don't know. There's something very innocent about her, but at the same time. It was like an awakening moment. Yeah. It was a real story. One of the first, one of the things I first noticed about my wife is that she looked like Elizabeth Shue. Oh, there we go. I was like, hey, you know what? That sounds healthy. This is gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna work out. Benny and I watched Karate Kid for the first time. She had never seen it for the first time this year, and it's a great movie. It's, it's so good. It's still a great movie. It holds up. You're the and best sort of around. Nothing's gonna keep, keep you down. down. There you go. Um, Tim does this. <laughs> All right, we're going to start the game with Tim. Well, well who, who, who raise your hand? Who thinks it has the best, worst show story to share? Oh. Who do you think? Do you, you think yours is the worst? You, no, no. Okay. okay. It's like playing poker. You don't want to like put, put it on. That's the true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the best, but I've got, a, I've got a couple good ones. Okay. I'm trying to think of which right, one. We're going to start, start with, with Justin. Justin. All right. So I. Uh, <laughs> Two very short ones. Yeah. Uh, one uh, was a speaking engagement one, and the other one is a show. I one of the first things I ever did as a speaker in in conjunction with Compassion International because I get to do advocacy stuff for Compassion was one of the last years uh, Cornerstone was a festival, and I played there a bunch. They asked me to be the MC slash. Uh, advocate speaker guy at main stage, which is something they've never done again. What year was that? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was about 2009. It was, it, was a, it was a while. It was like, yeah, it was a while. Yeah. It's probably there. And I, I mean, in the, <laughs> cool. you know, headliners on the stage, it was, like, it was all like, it was really heavy stuff. Like, and so the crowd was not super friendly to me. Uh, and at one point I was being pelted. I was there! I, that was you! By marshmallows. Did, Did you pelt him? No! I remember that! So three things happened. One, I was hit by marshmallows, like lots of them. As I walked in, they had a big catwalk and I was out there. Yeah! And there were marshmallows coming from Craig every angle. And I'm trying, to, so I'm trying to talk and, and I was like, lit. at one point there was a guy who became the ringleader who kept saying like, here he is again, the guy who wastes our time.
hadn't come out because it was their it was their last show. They took like a year and a half long hiatus, and they were fighting about it backstage about whether or not that was going to be the last one because they were in the middle of Warp Tour. They dropped off Warp Tour, came and did Cornerstone. I remember this so vividly. And as I walk out, oh wow! I start to talk. I see things flying by my face, and then I feel what I thought was a rock. It hit me on the side of the head, but when I looked down, it was change, like quarters. And someone had hurled like a handful of quarters oh, and hit me in the man. head. Yeah. At which point, I turned and destroyed this poor child yeah. verbally on microphone in front of like 800,000 yep. people. Oh, so man, like, this here is I am. awesome. But <laughs> here I am. I'm asking you to spend a dollar and 20 cents a day, and you just threw that money at me. That it, so it was a terrible compassion pitch. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, this, this is blowing my mind. So that, that was bad. The only other the one I would add to that was it's great. Yeah. I was playing at, in Western Washington. I was in college. I can't remember what college it was. Downtown, middle of nowhere. And some, somehow my guitar, because I just installed this internal microphone, was starting to pick up radio, and they had a local radio station that was broadcasting the basketball game. <laughs> and so during my show, intermittently, as I was playing, you could hear the basketball game in the mains, and I don't know it because they didn't have a monitor. So they got in the mains, and every once in a while I'm playing, shoot for three. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea what's happening, but I'm watching folks in the audience have no idea what to do with me, and it's because they were like, it was with me and Mark Albert. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. amazing. That's amazing. I cannot believe you were there. Yeah. No, I like, I, I remember. Do you know that, like, because so I, I, was... that, I actually have a place to direct my hatred. I was on the right side of the stage, um, so, so like, I guess, yeah, yeah so, so looking at the stage, we were on the right side, closer to the front, in that little like, catwalk area, yeah. and I remember watching you get hit with the quarters, this is crazy, because we all thought that it was a rock, and we were like, whoa, what, and I like, I remember there was this moment of like, uh, I'm trying to think of an appropriate analogy, there was just this moment of like, the, the guy, guy on stage is not putting up with it anymore. And, and like, like, you destroyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember all of like, our entire group of friends was just like, whoa! Like, it was insane! It was, yeah, that, was, that night was like, it was a bunch of really heavy bands. And it was like the night that Cornerstone did because they would sell more single day tickets for that night. Because you'd get like, I think, I think it was, it was like, like the chariot, Norma Jean, Under Oath, Acid Burned, burn. and as I lay dying before the lead singer went to prison, and like that was that was the that was the lineup that night, and so they have like the entire thing is these like big buff metal dudes that don't go to Cornerstone, and then you've got all these Christian kids that are like, let's watch. Yeah, and they sent me. Justin McRoberts getting hit with marshmallows. Norma Jean's set was legendary. Oh, it was so good. One, One of my, my best friends jumped on stage during that set and then had to like jump off before security tackled it. It was on the Cornerstone website. It was actually as a music fan because I love Norma Jean. Yeah. I, I like I, I like Under Oath too. Yeah. Norma Jean, I was a huge fan. So I loved. I was like I was having this wonderful night as a listener, but that, that, worst moments of my life as a presenter. That lineup was crazy. That night. It was good. Oh. Erica. Are you kidding me? Do you have anything? <laughs> Seriously. 
Don't, don't try, try to, to comp compare, compare yourself. Oh gosh, like the only the worst thing. There's been like just a lot of little annoying things, but I've never been. <laughs> I've never been like stoned to death on stage. You got mallowed. You didn't get stoned. I think we told you about this at the house show, Nick. Um, but there's this uh, venue in Nashville called the Municipal Auditorium. It's huge. It used to be where everybody, all celebrities came to do arena shows. Yeah. And um, I was asked to come and sing for a bunch of firemen and policemen and government officials. Um, and so I was taking it very, very seriously. It was Kyle and I that went. And when we came, uh, there was just a blank stage. And we asked where the sound system was. And they said, oh, you need a sound system? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, okay, well, I think it's in the back. And so they wheeled out this two-piece lectern. And um, and it, it just went one piece on top of the other. And it had this little, like, accordion-like five-inch silver microphone-y thing coming out of it. Yeah. And, um, and when I talked to like, like a congressional it, hearing. It was, it was exactly. I felt like I was singing on C-SPAN. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> like, cable access. Band. That game pays really well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we tried to we tried to angle the mic kind of away from the lectern. I kind of like was leaning my head towards the podium, and, and it was so distorted that it just made you sound like a cartoon duck. Like that was the only noise yeah. that made you sound like a cartoon duck. So I I I did the entire gig with a total straight face, just sounding like the female mm. Daffy Duck. Yeah. You know the oh, entire so time, cool. and just like committed. You know, didn't roll my eyes at the. What do you do? Smiled and got off stage, and Kyle and I still, we still talk about it. Well, it sounds like they haven't been right up Kyle's alley with the whole impressionist thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just some wicked Willie Nelson yeah, on that mic. Yeah, I'm Alma Fudd, the Duck. Yeah. We could have had, like, a Daffy Duck Alma Fudd duet. Oh, Willie Nelson. Yeah. Really you guys have a Giants of Pilgrims specific? That show story? No, I mean, we don't. We haven't gigged enough. To, to collect or yeah or or take shows that oh, yeah, are yeah. only going to be mediocre. Cautious. Yeah, I'm super cautious of being older. Um, the do you want to go like just for you personally? I mean, I've got two, two real quick ones. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the, the first, first wedding. wedding. Uh, I played the wedding band. I can think of a few weddings. Yeah. First wedding we ever did, which is beautiful wedding. The bride and the groom. Paid, paid us, us for two 45-minute sets. sets. And, and so we did, did the first 45-minute set. And uh, like, like the, the, the family wasn't, wasn't thrilled about price. price. It, it was, was, I don't know, dealing with wedding stress. stress. Yeah. But they, they wanted, wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. So like, two 45-minute sets, make sure you both, yada, yada, yada. So we do the first set, and then we're kind of like relaxing, and we're getting our food real quick. And I go talk to the bride and groom, we're good friends of mine, and they're like, hey, we're going to take off. Like, we're, we're done, done with this party. party. And, and I was, I was like, like uh, okay. So we'll, like, okay, yeah, everyone's going to see off. So they leave, and then the, the reception's over. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's no party to have. The people, people were partying for left. But, but we, we still, still had to do a second set. set. Uh, so, so we did a 45-minute set of background music to people cleaning. cleaning. It was <laughs> like, oh, the wedding, like, the bridesmaids and groomsmen, like, cleaning the room, and, and like pulling streamers down. You could do it just left? We, they, they literally were like, you guys like- Or was the father-in-law like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, the father-in-law actually, the father-in-law was a great guy, and actually ended up getting up on stage, and like partying with us during, but it was this like, we paid you for the music, and like we're here, so why don't you go ahead and like keep playing? I completely agree. 
<laughs> and, and like we weren't upset about it. It was just really uncomfortable. Uh, and the other really short one, uh, we did a gig for our university. Uh, a friend of mine was like the head of the Greek council, and so she was like, "Hey, we're doing this huge, you know, fraternity sorority end of year bash. We'd love for the band to come play. It's gonna be outside. We'll get you a stage." And she she hypes it like there's like 800 people there. All the Greek life are gonna be there. You know, all this cool stuff. So we're super on board. We're really excited about it. We get there for the gig, and it's kind of like cloudy and overcast. It's not raining, but it's cool. And then we find out that the Relay for Life is that night. All of the frats and sororities were at Relay for Life. We played a 45-minute set to an empty field. No, it was that, like, that was me. That, I played that with you. Layden. This is this one you guys... That is... That hap- that happened. That was a different empty field with Greek life, something, something. But okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But we were, we did it like there was like a there was a dorm at the edge of the field, and so like we'd be playing and we'd slowly see windows like like, like squeak open on the top floor, and so in between every single song for the entire set, there were there were three guys playing frisbee and a guy studying with headphones in. That was our crowd. Over their headphones in, like with his book out in front of him, facing away from the band, but in the field. In between every song, um, I'd grab like the mic to announce the next song, and I'd go, let me hear the back! And like yell at the point, and every time somebody in the dorm like, was that PB&C or? No, no, that was, I don't have any good PB&C For me, I mean, I'll tell the quick story. There's, there's several that just like, just feel you feel so awkward and bad after you, after you play or whatever. Like, like all of our college shows as a band. Like we never, we never uh, promoted well, and so every college show was like us rehearsing, having a great time, and then playing for three people. Yeah. And I remember, I remember like cutting my finger on the electric guitar, like on one and one, and like just bleeding all over. And it was just like, this, it, this, it, this is like a metaphor. Like I'm bleeding here, and there's three people. Yeah, they're not paying attention. Um, so, yeah, the the one that that I thought of was. Uh, I was MC last year uh, for for one of the nights of Escape to Lake, and I and I was like really excited to 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 be there to like hype Don and Lori Chaffer and to like to like say, and like it wasn't I'm, I don't think it went so bad that that like people were like wow he's a terrible MC, but it was like it was like I wanted to do a great job for them, and I got up I was like. I don't care what they play tonight, like whether it's all brand new stuff or old stuff. I've loved these folks, and uh, and I was like, and then uh, you know I just kind of like stumbled, and Don was like was like, all right, here we go, huh? And like and it was just like they're just like, yeah, all right, I love you. And then, you know, like like I just like. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I really, really wish I would have thought through that before I got up on stage, and so, and so, like, I wanted to honor these two people who had influenced my writing for years and just did a crap job, and, and so, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, so we'll see how it turns out, and then like, yeah, I ended up just sounding like a huge jerk, and yeah, yeah, that's what he gave me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, I know, yeah, I figured, I figured. I've talked about it on four podcasts. 
my team blue and Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Please uh, give it up, our warm audience, for. <laughs> Thank, Thank you guys, you guys so, so much, Justin Grabbarsky and Chambers, Craig Bassrich, and Tim Coons. What's my real name? Burglar. Craig. Some sort of history. Craig Burglar. Thank you guys for having fun with us. And that does it for episode 87. If you would like to follow Justin McRoberts on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Justin McRoberts. Erica Chambers is at Erica Chambers. Giants and Pilgrims, guess what? Giants Pilgrims. That's what they are. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, a little bit of uh, a backstory uh, or follow-up, I should say. I actually did look up the Hamburglar's real name, and it is Ham B. Urgler. Wikipedia. That's what I learned this week. So, uh, <laughs> hilarious. And I texted Justin McRoberts immediately, and we had a good laugh about it. So, if you like, follow, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, at WhoWritesPod, uh, Facebook.com slash WhoWritesThisStuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you had a, a fun, uh, enjoyable time listening to this episode as we did recording it uh, for episode 87. And who writes this stuff? I'm Nick Flora. Go do something creative. Mm-hmm.